what is up y'all it is your girl chanel from the candid talk with chanel podcast this is season two welcome to episode eight i'm on a roll y'all since y'all haven't heard from me in a month and a half to two months your girl has given you now three episodes um so i am i'm definitely back to my consistency still not making any promises just in case i fall a bit short (laughs) but i'm still trying to really prioritize time when i have uh the time where my son is sleeping which means my husband would have to be home and be able to kind of mind him for me keep an ear out for him um so that i can do the many things that i love to do and as you know one of those things is kicking it with y'all um one thing i didn't mention during the wrap-up spotify wrap-up uh which applied to musical artists podcasters you know um i mentioned being in three different countries it was cool to see those countries are us of a of course um ireland and i want to say switzerland you'd be surprised how far whatever your content is how far your reach is at times that's what makes the internet so amazing and technology so amazing because your reach is crazy right um it's funny i got some reports and numbers for you know mahogany blends y'all know we put out our single don't doubt him and it's still not too late to download that bad boy on itunes or to stream it on all streaming platforms but um you know even just seeing the countries that downloaded and streamed our single it's just amazing you know we had streams in ghana and just areas of the world you would never think your music would reach but i tell you the internet definitely levels the playing field and i think the trick to everything is your marketing strategy if you have a marketing strategy that is on point then listen your reach is endless right um so you know i thank y'all all again who have tuned into this podcast from season one the 44 episodes i gave y'all there to season two the now eight episodes here Um, I thoroughly enjoy just sharing my thoughts and I recognize that my thoughts are not always probably uh, the most politically correct at times and that is a big part of my personality to be politically correct if I'm being honest but then there's the other side of my personality that pushes the envelope and that likes to really go there and talk about things even if it singles you out or even if people disagree with you or even if it comes out in a way that was a little raw. I feel like my last episode, I might have had a little edge with what I was saying. But at the same time, you know, in some ways I wouldn't have it any other way because I can only be my true and authentic self and express my feelings from the gut of my being. You know what I'm saying? And we're going to pick up from what I was, what I last said so that I can flesh that out more. Um, And then we'll jump into what I want to talk about. Today's topic ultimately is going to be about the mindset that a lot of us black folk and other people of color have when it comes to don't tell people what you're working on. or We have this attitude at times or this perspective at times of not wanting to share how we have arrived to where we arrived or what our journey has been or if we're experiencing some level of success and great things happening for us. It's almost like you never want to talk about it because you don't want anybody to impede upon what you're doing or to stop your progress or to affect your level of success. Or I dare I even say we don't want someone to mirror what we're doing and produce the same results, right? And it's a deeper, deeper, deeper place where all of this comes from in my in my perspective, as far as why, especially as black people tend to not adopt what a lot of non-black folks, white folks tend to do amongst themselves, you know, um, but we'll get to that. Let me finish what I was saying in the last episode as it pertained to me, uh, 
taking a few points from Kevin Samuels, and I know a lot of women may be like, girl, you crazy. Why do you tune into this man? To be honest with you, I don't tune into his content regularly at all. Every now and then I check in. However, how I arrived at his content I think I saw on Instagram one of his bits that went viral where he said to um, this black woman that pretty much stating that she wasn't as beautiful as she might have thought. And he, you know, I don't agree with his approach at all. I've said this before. Um, However, when I first had my baby, I had a lot of time once my husband went back to work. You know, I have a newborn. I'm up in the wee hours of the night, which is normal for me anyway. But this is a new type of a situation for me because I was used to being up all night, just dealing with myself, vlogging, doing whatever it was I was doing. It's different when you're up all night with the infant where you have to, you know, feed them every few hours. And this, you just, I was recovering from major surgery. I had a cesarean to have my child. It was a lot going on. And so I started watching and tuning into some of Kevin Samuels content because it's clear that he's polarizing whether you like him or you don't. He's someone who has made his claim in some ways and has carved out his own lane. And I'm someone, and I know I've said this before, regardless of whether I like the messenger or not, or I agree with what they're saying or not, you can learn from anybody. And for me, as a woman, I have always been intrigued about how men truly think, especially as it pertains to us women. Because us women, I love us, we're amazing creatures and beings, but sometimes, or a lot of times, we have it all wrong with how men really think. You know, and I feel like if you have a sense of where they're coming from, it'll save you a lot of time, energy, and heartbreak down the line, down the road, right? And so even me being a married woman, it's still helpful for me to have a just a baseline as far as how a lot of men think out here. And I learned through listening and or I should say tuning into some of his content, I did learn that as a black woman, a lot of black men don't feel safe with us, right? They don't feel safe enough to truly express how they feel. They don't feel safe enough to really open their heart because they feel like all we're going to do is dismiss it and be argumentative and all of that. And I have to be honest with you ladies, black women, I have to be honest because I even found myself doing that and had to even make a concerted effort to stop, right? A lot of times us as women in general are bred to believe that it's all about us, right? And in a relationship, especially in a marriage, it is not all about us as women. It is about us as the couple, right? It's not all about what we want, what we need, how we want it, how we need it, when we want it, when we need it. We have to be able to bring things to the table as well. And we have to be able in some ways to cater to our men. There is a level of submission that is important in some ways. I'm a Christian woman, so I'm also looking at how God has pointed out and given specific instructions when it comes to marriage and relationship and things of that nature. And so I had to unlearn certain things as well. And I mentioned when I've mentioned to people in my life that in me unlearning certain things, it helped me even in my own marriage journey. They were like, what? You listening to that? I'm like, listen, you have to be able to chew the meat and spit out the bones. If that's how the saying goes, like none of us are too good to learn from anybody when it comes to certain things. Now, do I agree with everything that Kevin Samuel says? No, I don't. But there are some things that the man says that makes a lot of sense, right? And even when it comes to weight, now we all know we should all strive to be at our healthy, the healthiest we can be. And a part of being healthy is also, it also encompasses weight if we're being 100% honest, right? When I go to the doctor for a physical, when I was going to the doctor when I was pregnant, What are one of the first things that they do? 
right after they take your blood pressure or maybe even before they take your blood pressure? What is the first thing your physician does or your gynecologist does? They ask you to get your behind on that scale. So that tells you right there that weight is an important thing. And I've always felt like, especially with black men, they've never felt safe enough to express their concerns when it comes to our weight as women or as black women, right? And, you know, society has taught them, don't you ever ask a woman her age and don't you ever ask a woman her weight or comment on it. But let's keep it real. If you're with somebody who truly loves you and has your best interest at heart and wants what's best for you, if your weight is something that is compromising your best interests or your health, that is something that your partner should be saying to you in a loving way, right? And so as far as he goes with asking your weight and all of this, it's crazy. I think he does certain things for antics and whatnot, but I understand at the end of the day what he is saying. And yes, as a people, as African-Americans, as black people, people of color, our weight a lot of times is an issue. It's not, it's not fun when you go to your doctor, your gynecologist, and you're hearing things like, yeah, black women, you know, you guys tend to deal with fibroid issues. And yeah, you guys tend to deal with hypertension. And yeah, you guys tend to deal with heart disease. Like, why are we singled out a lot of times when it comes to these things, right? We're no longer enslaved physically, so we should be able to make better choices for ourselves when it comes to our health, right? And so I'm able to get past the messenger and hear the message when it comes to these things. And then if we're talking relationship-wise and just keeping it real what most men want, most men want a fit woman. Let me say that again. Most men want a fit woman. Women, let's keep it real too. Most women want a fit man. Keep it real, ladies. If you had your choice to be with a guy who was pretty healthy, slim, muscles in the right area, thick in the right areas, but slim in the right areas, you know what I'm saying? Would most of us pick a guy that had, I'm just even going off of attraction. Would most of us be more attractive? We go to a party. Let's say we got, we got, it's the holiday season. You're invited to a holiday party. You go to somebody's house as a kickback. There's men, many men there, but out of the many men, you see a handful that have like washboard abs and, and have muscles and look like they actually make an effort to take care of themselves. And then we have other men who have beer bellies and who are overweight, right? Nine out of 10 times, where will your eye guide you to right away? Let's keep it real, woman. Let's keep it real. I'm not saying that we're as, what's the word I'm looking at? I don't want to say superficial, but I'm not saying that we're as driven with the eye as men are, right? We understand that with us as being different species of gender, um, there's a difference there, right? And I don't care what your sexual orientation is. Women, we are wired a certain way. Those of us biologically born as women, we are wired a certain way. Those of us biologically born as men, they're wired a certain way, right? And so physiology, I always have a problem saying that word. From a physio <laughs> level, if you get what I'm saying, um, physiological level, there we go. You know, we're wired differently, right? So yes, men tend to be a lot more visual than women. Women, we can see past a lot, but I'm talking about just entry level. You walk into a party, you're, where's your eye automatically going, right? I'll never forget, my husband and I are notorious for having holiday parties. This will be the second year we haven't had one due to the pandemic. We were thinking about having one, but then we were like, mm, with these variants, does it make sense? We have a little one now, uh, don't know, right? So we opted out so far. And, um, but previous years where we've been known to have a holiday party, we've been known to have different shindigs throughout the years, different celebrations. One of those times, one of my husband's good friend's brothers came and these brothers are in phenomenal shape. One is a, is a trainer. The other probably gets trained by the brother. 
their bodies were amazing. And every woman that was at my house was looking at these guys, noticing them. So I say that to say, let's not front ladies. Like, you know, we don't have that whole superficial visual thing right away as well, because we do, right? You can't help who we, who you're physically attracted to. You can't help sometimes, but to notice a handsome, fine, tip top shape looking man that's in the room with you. You know what I'm saying? So for me and listening or tuning into some of Kevin Samuel's content, especially last year, um, 2020 going into 2021, it helped me to understand how a lot of men think. It also helped me to understand how men who have a lot of money think, right? And so, yes, I stand behind my, my previous statement in that in me tuning into some of his content, it helped me to see certain things within myself that were not helping my relationship or marriage, right? It helped me to fine tune my perspective with certain things. So I say that to say in life in general, sometimes you gotta be able to once again, chew the meat, spit out the bones, right? You gotta be able and be willing to learn from anyone. None of us are too good to to be able to pick up a gem here or there. The man is intelligent. Do I agree with everything he says? No, but does he make certain great points that could help us women in our own relationships? Yes, <laughs> yes. And so, you know, I've, I've been on my weight loss journey from right before I got married and I've thankfully been pretty consistent with it. And, you know, even after having a baby, just getting back to myself and working hard to get back into better shape or trying to now get into the best shape of my life, which is a journey, you know what I'm saying? It's important to me. It's important to me for me as a woman, for myself, but it's also important to me as it pertains to my marriage. I want for my husband to be just as physically attracted to me as he loves me, right? Yes, my husband loves me. Yes, even though my body went through what it went through having a baby, he still loved me through it and still said he was attracted to me. However, at the end of the day, I understood for my own health and well-being and for me, as well as even for my husband, it was important for me to really work at getting into a, a great shape and I'm still working at it. It's funny. So in, in our bathroom, in my in my bedroom, my husband and I have an ensuite bathroom. And so, you know, I have a toddler, as y'all know. So when you're a mom, you get to know privacy. So if I have to do my thing on the toilet respectfully, whether that's just urinating or doing more, my son is right there. There's no privacy. So we have a we have a, a scale in our bathroom. I'm not a scale driven person, but every now and then, every few months, periodically, I will get on the scale just to see where my weight is. Now, you know, my son likes to stand on the scale and it's helpful for me to see where his weight is because you have to make sure that they are you know, picking up the necessary weight they need at the same time, not going over what they need. Same like us adults. And so after he was on the scale, I told myself to get on the scale and it was perfect because I had just urinated, right? It was the first thing this morning. You know, they always say the best time to weigh yourself is when you first get out the bed and I had just urinated. So I went to weigh myself and I was down four pounds. Um, I had been straddling the same weight for, I would say about a month and change now, but I got on the scale and I was down four pounds. Anybody who's been on a weight loss journey, losing pounds is not an easy thing. We'll lose hella inches, but when it comes to losing pounds, that, that's not an easy thing. I noticed that I've been losing weight and I haven't even been on my Peloton the way that I have been prior to the fall, but I've been dancing a lot more. And so I believe the cardio that I'm getting in dancing, teaching dance, rehearsing, it's doing wonders for me. And I'm not someone, anyone who knows me knows I'm more of a snacker. I'm not really a huge eater. I, I enjoy a good meal, but I'm not like a foodie, so to speak, right? And so I'm more of a snacker. And so I think that for whatever reasons, maybe because my baby is a toddler now, I'm running behind him a lot of the day. I'm doing a lot of things on a lot of different business calls. I'm just doing a lot. That's the crazy thing. Being home with my kid, I'm still doing a lot. I'm still working a lot, you know, from teaching dance to, you know, um, all things, 
you know, I, what I've been, a lot of my year has been teaching, no, a lot of my year has been mahogany blends. But aside from that, now kind of also having my solo stuff come to a different level, I've been pretty busy, if I'm being honest. And and so for whatever reason, I've noticed that I've been losing weight without really even fully trying. But then I'm like, but you're dancing a lot. So, um you know, I got on the scale today and noticed that I was down four pounds because I'm looking at myself in the mirror like, girl, you're losing weight. You know what I'm saying? My stomach is going down, which is a big thing. Anybody out there that's had a C-section, that's not an easy feat for your stomach to go down. It takes longer than someone who pushed their baby out vaginally for your stomach to go down. And so I feel like a year and change later, almost a year and a half later, my stomach is finally starting to go down. You know, you know when you're trying, when you're putting on your clothes, you know when you're like looking at yourself in the mirror, you can tell, oh, I'm looking thinner than usual, right? And so when I stepped on the scale, I was like, oh shoot, I'm down four pounds. There you have it. Just finished my period too, right? Normally I'm still a little, uh, still got a little excess water in me after I have my period, but for whatever reasons, I'm down. Um, And so... You know, for me, I'm cool with it. Like, right, most people gain weight in the wintertime. I'm losing weight. I'm with it, you know. Um, But yeah, you know what I'm saying? Like, that's something that's important to me for my own health and just for my own self. But I also, like I said, want my husband to look at me like, yes, even after she had my baby, like my wife is looking good. You know what I'm saying? Like, I want my husband to when he sees me walk past him in the house to be like, cause I, I'm always scantily clad. I tell my friends this all the time. I'm not someone that dress, that wears clothes in the house like that. I have a few more years of being able to do this before it's inappropriate for my child, right? Cause I have a male child, but I'm always in thongs in the house or sexy panties. I'm always in something that's very, you know, scantily clad once again. So, um, you know, or if I am wearing a nightie, like it, my stuff tends to be, even if it's laid back and chill or if I'm, or if it's super sexy, it still tends to be along the sexy lines. Right. And so I want it to be when I'm walking past my husband or when I'm bending over to take something out the oven where he's like, Ooh, can't wait till tonight. You know what I'm saying? Or that's my wife. Like I want it to be where he still gets that feeling. He feels all the feels if you, if you get what I'm saying. And so you know, that's something that's important to me. My husband is a workout guy. You know what I'm saying? He understands his lifestyle. He like, he's a foodie. He likes to eat. He likes to drink. He likes, you know what I'm saying? Certain things, but he also puts in the work, you know, for his own, the betterment of his own health and for himself. You know, my husband is nine years older than me. And so, you know, he understands the importance of staying in shape. He's been this way since I've been with him or at least staying in the best shape that he can be, right? And so I like that my husband is a lot of man. He's a hunky man, right? He's not, he's a man that has man weight, right? I like men with big backs because I'm a tall woman. I'm a thick woman. I'm, you know, I ain't no small girl out here. So I need somebody that can, you know, I don't want to feel like I am like hurting my spouse or like, you know, no. So I'm glad that I have like a, I feel like my husband's along the lines of a football player, not the real sloppy overweight ones, but like he has muscle, he has big back, he has, he's manly weight, you know what I'm saying? And I like the fact that he, he also, his health is important to him. You know, my husband sees his doctors when he's supposed to see his doctors. He's better at that stuff than I am, you know? And so I'm glad, like, I'm glad that I'm able to look at my husband and be like, yo, he's sexy. Can't wait to put it on him tonight. Sorry if it's TMI, if my mother's listening or anybody else, but like, you know what I'm saying? Like to me, those things are important things, right? Attraction is everything. And I don't think even when you're married that you should just let yourself go. Right. And for me, I didn't let myself go in marriage and I didn't let myself go after having a baby. I allowed myself a year to try to get things together after having a baby because that's a whole situation. It's a real thing. But I I made a promise to myself, an oath to myself that I wasn't going to let myself go. Um, And so, yes, going back to, and, and, and I'm always having these long tangents, right? So going back to what I ended the last podcast off with, another point that Kevin Samuels made that made sense to me is the fact that a lot of times us women who grow up and grow up in a more modern era, we tend to put 
off having children as if we have all the time in the world. And I can attest to that because I was the same person. I knew that I didn't want to rush into having children prior to marriage or even after marriage. However, I woke up at the right time, right? (laughs) I woke up at 36 where I'm like, girl, you are 36 years old. You are already now in a territory of being high risk if you were to have a child, you don't want to put this off. And like I said, once again, within myself as a woman, I felt like I, it was time. It was just this intuition. Y'all know my guttural instincts, my intuition is very strong and I trust it more than I trust anything in this life, right? And so, aside from God. And so, I knew at 36, if, if that was If I wasn't going to try any other time, this was the age to try. And I'm glad that I did. Once again, I was blessed to get pregnant very shortly after I came to this epiphany and this light bulb moment in my life. I feel like every woman will have a moment where you just know. If you're you're someone who didn't put yourself in a situation to haphazardly get pregnant, if you're someone who kind of was trying to plan it, if you're someone who was held off on it like me for a long time, at some point, I believe you'll know when it's time, right? And not to say that it's going to happen when you feel like it's going to happen, because once again, I didn't assume that my body was going to do what it's quote unquote supposed to do. But I knew at 36 that I, I definitely need to start trying. At that point, I had already been married for five years, right? So, you know... I'm glad that I had that epiphany on my own and that my story panned out to be what it is or my journey is what it is. But I do agree with Kevin Samuels in that there are a lot of us women who are focused only on career for so long. And then when we finally get the career we want, we're finally making the kind of money we want to make. Then we're like, oh, shoot. I want to have a child, but I do want to bring a child into this world with a man. And then at that point, it's like, but I'm single. I ain't even got a man. And so before you know it, you're finding yourself in what he calls the danger zone. Don't know how I feel about that terminology, but you find yourself in a place where you're like, "Mm, is this going to happen for me? Right now, I believe and I know that every body has a different journey and has a different story. What all I'm trying to say is this. Women, sometimes you're going to have to simultaneously, as you're thinking of career and going for your goals, figuring out what it is also that you want for your life. If you want marriage and children, you want a family, that is going to have to be as important of a goal that you are aiming for as your career is. Sometimes it's folk, it's easy to be so focused on career and let that overshadow everything. Once we are in our 30s, women, we are going to be having to attack these goals simultaneously. Spend time really thinking about if marriage and family is what you want, children is what you want, having a significant other is what you really want. Because unfortunately, we don't have the luxury to just sit and just wait and wait and wait until we feel like we're okay now I'll have kids and then at that point I'm 43 years old right and now there are a lot of odds stacked against me and challenges and uphill battles because I was spending so much time only or solely focusing on this thing over here or these things over here okay now I get it a lot for my, for my Christians out here, you're like, no, I was honoring God. I was waiting on God for who he had for me. I get it. I 100% get it. This also takes me back to, y'all know, I feel like everything derives from childhood, right? And so for so many years, I felt like I've shared in my content, especially in my vlogs, that you can still watch on complexedsimplicity.com and on um, YouTube under my channel, Complexed Simplicity, that a lot of times it's not just about waiting for God 
to say, Chanel, here's your husband. It's also having to do the necessary self-work to even get ourselves in a place to, for God to even be like, now I can unleash who I have for you, if that makes sense. And so if we're spending a lot of time focused on a lot of other things, we're not doing the self-work within ourselves. Sometimes that may mean through therapy, through life coaching, uh, having a spiritual leader in your life in some way or mentor, you know, sometimes like you have to get yourself ready to even be in a position to even see or receive who it is God has for you. And so I say all that to say this, there's going to be a lot of multitasking probably having to go on, right? We should always be doing self-work. You never arrive at the destination of I've done all the work I need to do. And here I am world. Self-work is, is a continual thing. It'll happen in perpetuity, right? However, there are certain things that we do have to work on within ourselves. We have to settle. We have to unpack. We have to process. We have to heal through, heal from before we can receive certain blessings that are for us. And one of those blessings being a significant other, right? And so we can't always afford to just only have tunnel vision with one or two things and then expect for everything else in our life to pan out. Now that I'm finally that psychologist or that attorney or that doctor or that singer or that influencer that I've always wanted to be, now I'm ready to have a family. Life doesn't work that way. And so my encouragement, especially to us as women, is to make sure that we are trying to multitask. We're spending enough energy and attention on all the different areas of our lives that that's needed. When you know what you want, you're able to probably have a bit more of a focus for how to get it all, I don't wanna say get it all done, but when you know what it is you really want in your life, you have the direction to at least be on the right path, to lead you to where it is you're ultimately trying to be. Those are, that's very important, right? Um, and so by no means am I saying rush into marriage, rush into parentville or any of that, no. But just when you do the self work and you're able to balance the different things that are very important in everyone's lives to live healthy and successful lives, whatever that means for you, then I think it's easier to find yourself or more you're more likely to find yourself in a situation where you're not now like, oh my gosh, I'm 45 and I've always wanted to have a family. You know what I'm saying? And not to say that if you're 43 or you're 45 or you're 50, it can't happen, but let's keep it real. The, 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 the challenges now and the hurdles, the mountains that you're going to have to climb are going to be that much more intricate. Take it from someone who was 36 and had a baby, right? I thank God I had a pretty smooth situation, but I had a few, I had a few hiccups here and there that I had to, you know what I'm saying? Get through. I was considered high risk because of my age, geriatric pregnancy, all of that I had to take additional tests because of my age. So these are things to factor in. And if you do decide, I don't care what nobody say, I'm not trying to have a kid until I'm 40 or whatever, then make sure you have that money stashed for now having to rely on some level of science to assist you, right? We can't go into these things blindly and then expect to be able to now just think our bodies are gonna do what it is they're supposed to do. There are a lot of women who are even younger than me who have had to get the assistance of IVF, IUI, and these things to have children. These are not, or, or to at least freeze their eggs. These are not, if you got 10 grand, 20 grand laying in the bank, then hey, you're good. But if you don't, then know that this is something that you're going to have to factor in and plan for. Life is different now. We're no longer in the days of our parents and our grandparents and our great grandparents. Life is totally different. And with life being different, everything costs, right? I know people right now who were emptying out their bank accounts for IVF treatments 
and it didn't take the first time and they already spent 20 grand. Like this is real. So what I took away from Kevin Samuel's content at times is these are real conversations you have to think about and have. Another thing where he says about dying alone. None of us think about what life is gonna be. Let me not say that. We rarely think about what life is gonna be when we're senior citizens, when we're 70 years old, 75 years old. Who wants to be alone and having to hire help to take care of you, right? I get it. There are a lot of women and feminists who are, I'm, I'm on my independent thing and I don't need no man. I don't need no significant other. I'm good, I'm good. Okay, I don't need no kids. I don't want no kids. Okay, that's everyone's choice. But let me know. Please tell me that you have thought about what life will be like when you're 75 years old. You have no kids, no significant other. Your friends around you are passing away, dropping like flies. Your parents done passed away already. Um, who's going to be there for you? And do you have the finances, the way Social Security is going and retirement is going? We, my age group, my generation, we ain't gonna have none of that nine out of 10 times or not nearly the amount that my parents are gonna have, right? And so unless you got a lot of money in your account to fund, to have someone seeing about you, whether you're in a facility or whether you're home and they're coming to your home seeing about you, how is, what is that gonna look like? These are things we gotta think about. I've said this before, my mother, from the time my mother went through her own journey of the change, and you get what I'm saying, ladies, she's been schooling me about it, right? So from the time I was in my early to mid thirties, my mother was already preparing me for what the menopause life is gonna be. A lot of times we don't think about what life could potentially be for us 10 years down the line, five years down the line, 20 years down the line. We're just thinking about what's good right now and all the good things that we want in the foreseeable future. But we don't think about how the body is going to do what it naturally does, which is what y'all? Age, right? <laughs> and so what is life gonna be like when you no longer have a period? When you're going through the change of having a period? How is that gonna affect you sexually for those who are married or in committed relationships or whatever? How is that gonna affect you with your hormones how is that going to affect you with your weight like we don't think about these things I tell my friends now we have these I spark these conversations with my girlfriends now a lot of times and I'm like y'all y'all already know once you hit your 40s you start to gain weight I have had friends who are who've been slim their entire lives they hit 40 and started putting on weight I'm already I've been trying to combat weight from the time I was in my 20s so you know going into my 40s I want to be in the best shape of my life right I was a lot heavier when I was in my 20s in my 30s I was in best in better shape in my 40s I want to be in better shape in my 50s I want to be in even better shape like we have to prepare for these things y'all we got to think about life 20 years down the line, God sparing our lives. You know what I'm saying? We got to think about, y'all know I'm a big picture person, the big picture, right? For those who are getting married or newlyweds, right? It's so easy to get caught up in the fairy tale of it all, the wedding of it all. But you got to think about four, five, seven, ten 10 years down in this marriage, what life is going to be like. Like we can't stay stuck in the now or the foreseeable future. We got to think about the reality of what life is. Once again, y'all know I'm a realist. I think about real things. <laughs> I was raised by parents who were realists, right? And so you got to think about these things. We have to think about these things. You know what I'm saying? I'm not going to lie. I don't know if I'm going to die before my husband or if my husband's going to die before me. God forbid when it's our time to meet our maker. But it does soothe my heart to know that I have a child and God's sparing his life. That if something were to happen to me, I do have somebody who I would like to think would see about me. See about his mother when I'm in my older age. Right? Like these things matter right you know um so that was the point that I was trying to make in that last um portion or last few minutes of the of episode seven that I gave y'all I didn't want to leave that hanging because it sounded crazy when I listened to it again where it's like oh Chanel you better clean this up but that was really what I was trying to say and another thing that I kept saying and just discussing my own parenting journey and me being hard on myself when I said there are no rules to this what I really meant is there there's no instruction manual there's no 
I mean, I'm a Christian, so I do believe what God mentions in the Bible about, you know, rearing your child in the ways of the Lord and all things of that nature. I do believe in that. But when I say day to day, there is no instruction manual where if you go through this, you go to page 37 of chapter two, and this is what you're supposed to do. Like there are no, that's what I meant when I said there are no rules. There's no true guide as far as day to day to day to day things that you will face in raising children, right? And so that's why you do have to give yourself some grace. I also wanted to clean that up. But now getting into what I wanted to talk about during the last 20 minutes of this episode. Um, I mentioned this in a recent episode, which is a lot of times I will you know, everybody's always like, don't tell people what you're working on. Don't say anything. Keep it hush, hush, hush. Because people want to ruin what you're trying to do. Or I say certain things. I may not say it all in its entirety or with a whole deep description. But I do share things as they're happening because it also helps to hold me accountable, one. And two, because it helps me to be able to help other people. Once again, I don't wanna learn certain major lessons and, 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 and just different wisdom that is bestowed upon me throughout my life experiences and keep it to myself. That, was, that doesn't make any sense to me. It makes no sense at all. And I feel like us as black people in particular, because of, probably going back to slavery days because we have all we because it was designed for us to kind of have all these schisms within our community of black people where we're always these crabs in a barrel trying to see who will get to the top first because we always feel like there's not enough room for everyone there's only enough room for one or a few of us that we always want to be hush, hush, hush about everything because we don't want anybody to be up on what we're doing. We don't want anybody to do what we're doing, how we're doing it. And I've been guilty of this mentality at times as well, right? At the end of the day, I think what makes in particular white people stand apart is the fact that from the time they are young, they are giving their own the blueprint to life and to how to be successful and to how to manage money and to how to be entrepreneurs and to how to have families and feed these families and send your kids to college without having to take out loans. Like they they give each other the blueprint from the beginning. Us black people, I get it. We weren't afforded the blueprint, right? And so the few of us that have found it, whether it was intentionally or haphazardly, it's like we don't never want to drop and share the jewels of wisdom that we learned or the blueprint with how to make it, whatever that means for you. A lot of times, especially financially, we're trying to keep that to ourselves, right? We don't want to really help each other in the way that we should. We don't want to pay it forward, right? And that actually bothers me it really does the older that I'm getting the more it's starting to bother me because it's like then how are we as a people ever going to get to a place where we do better for all the generations to follow how 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 (laughs) you know what I'm saying and so you know each year I will engulf certain things for myself As y'all know, 2021 was all about the collaborative team thing, sharing certain opportunities, positioning each other as a group, whatever groups that were that I was a part of to be able to accomplish some different stuff, right? And I think in 2022, what I want to will for myself is to pay it forward, right? I did a lot. I did some paying it forward in 2021. I was blessed financially in 2020 and 2021. And throughout those years, I was trying to pay it forward as much as I could be and to be a blessing to others and to constantly bear people in prayer, whether we're cool like that or we're not. If you dropped in my spirit, I was praying for you, right? I want to continue to keep those things going, but I want to add to the list 
to pay it forward, intentionally pay it forward and not even just financially, right? To pay it forward with experiences and with lessons learned, with information, pay it forward with information to not be so secretive. You know how, um, Pops from uh, the Wayne's Brothers show, don't tell nobody. And I'm doing the whole hand thing in front of his, his, his mouth as I'm saying this to you all. Like, I don't want to be that person. I want to be able to say, hey, what is it you're trying to do? Or if it comes up naturally in conversation, well, you know what? This may help you. Look into this. Maybe do this. I want to be able to really help people in an intentional way, in a different way than I've been doing. That's important to me. Right. Um, and whether it, it falls on deaf ears or it actually lands and sticks, I want to be able to make that concerted effort when the opportunity is given, when it makes sense to pay it forward with information and to truly help people. I have had a few people in my life who have paid it forward to me this last year. And I want to be able to do that to somebody else and paid it forward to me with information. Right. You know, I'm on this journey that I'm on or these many journeys that I'm on. I feel like um, also because of some information that I've been able to receive that's been helpful. You know what I'm saying? And that's important. You know, like we got to stop. I'm not saying tell all your business and tell everybody every move you're making. But sometimes we don't realize how deep that mentality is that we have. You know, I see the posts and the, the quotes posted on Instagram and Facebook all the time. Don't tell, move in silence. Don't tell anybody what you're doing. I get it. Maybe in the moment you have to be that way, but please pay it forward when all is said and done. When you got to your destination, when you achieved or didn't achieve your goal, whatever that journey was for you, pay it forward and help somebody else. I don't think it's cool to move in silence to the point where you just keep everything to yourself. Like that, that's like that true selfishness where it's just literally you're only looking out for you. And I was on the phone with my mother the other day and I said, we were talking about some different things. And I said, you know what, mom, I'm realizing a lot of people are just, they just, they just want to keep things to themselves. It is okay to be a good person in these streets, y'all. It is okay to be helpful to other people, knowing that you're not going to get anything out of it. It is okay to be the good Samaritan at times, folks. It's okay because that's actually where your blessing probably will lie and derive from the fact that you help somebody else wholeheartedly without expecting anything in return. It is okay to be a good person in 2022. Let's carry that folks. It is okay to be a good person. (laughs) It's okay to be a good Samaritan from time to time. It is okay to pay it forward. It is okay to pour uh, words of affirmation into others. It is okay to provide information. It is okay, y'all. It's not going to rob y'all of nothing. Regardless of where any collaborative partnerships I've been a part of ultimately lead, I do not regret any of it because I know that I gave all that I could give to be helpful, not just to help myself, but to be helpful to my fellow sister. It is okay, y'all. It's okay. You know what I'm saying? That's what I wanted to say. Oh my goodness. That's what I wanted to say. Like we talk a lot of, we talk a good game when it comes to us as black folk and trying to help each other and break generational curses and whoop-dee-woo-woo and yada-yada and yin-yang-yang. We talk a good game. It sounds nice, but how many of us are really rolling up our sleeves to do that and to be that for one another, you know? Going back to the last episode, how many of us are really mentioning our, our, our people's names and rooms of opportunity. Like I'm still on that y'all. That's still a major thing. If I'm not proud of anything else other than being a wife and a mother and a good person, (laughs) I am proud of the fact that I was speaking people's names and rooms of opportunity and not just taking those opportunities for myself. That says a lot. That says a lot. You know what I'm saying? It says a lot about your character, you know, your heart. You know, it's okay to be a good person, y'all. It's okay. Some of us, we're jaded. I get it. 
Because every now and then, sometimes I'm questioning why I've done certain things for folks. But then I have to remind myself, Chanel, at the end of the day, it's okay to be a good person. I'm not saying be a foolish person, but it's okay to do things for others and not only for your own gain and benefits. You know what I'm saying? Or not solely for your own gain and benefit. It's okay. It's okay. And if I want to raise a child who's a good person, I also have to be able to lead by example. You know what I'm saying? If I want to be, you know, even thinking of marriage, you know, there are times... You know, I tell my friends, my non-married friends, some of my newly married friends, there are times where, you know, life is monotonous and, and things could seem to, to, things could feel like chores, even in marriage. But when I start to feel that way, I have to remind myself, Chanel, you're blessed to be able to be in this position. Yeah, you may not want to cook this meal tonight. Yeah, you may not want to do certain things. You may, you may even be so tired and spent, you don't want to yin yang with your husband, right? But you get the opportunity. You ha- you're blessed to be able to do these things. And when I tell you that shifts my focus, it helps to shift my focus, right? Because your life could be something totally different out here, Chanel. You could be out here still playing the field, dating, and, and going through what that life is, right? And no shades to anybody that likes to be single or wants to be single. That's cool. But I always knew I wasn't someone that wanted to do life alone. And so I didn't want to be single long term. And so for me, that would not be a life that I want. (laughs) And so even when I'm feeling tired, annoyed, upset, stressed, whatever, because it's, it's a real part of marriage at times, I have to remind myself, you get to do this, right? Even in being a mom, sometimes you're just tired, you're overspent, you just wanna have a moment to yourself. And those are valid feelings to have. But I also have to remind myself, you get to have you get to have a child, right? There are so many people you know right now who would love to have a child and, are, and can't right now for whatever reasons. So Chanel, don't forget it. You're blessed. You know what I'm saying? It helps me to put things in perspective. I allow myself to feel what I feel and to process what I feel, but I don't allow myself to live there. I quickly remind myself, girl, after I've had my moment to feel my feels, Girl, you're blessed. You get to do these things, right? Because your life could be something totally different. And so it's okay, y'all, to 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 be a good person. I'm all about self-love. I'm all about healthy self-esteem, sense of self, self-awareness, all things self. But that doesn't mean I'm I'm not about selfishness, right? And so, yes, you could look at selfishness two different ways from two different spectrums, right? Sometimes we do need to be a bit selfish with ourselves, but it's having the wisdom to know when it's time to do that from when it's not time to do that. But when you're doing life and you're in marriage, you have children or just you're in, you're, you have relationships with coworkers, you're in different situations. We don't always, it's not always best to be about self, right? There's a time and place to be about self. And there's also a time and place to, 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 to be about the collective and to, to bless others and to use a moment to not always just be about you, but to also be about the betterment of mankind. It is okay to do that. I feel like society only pushes self, 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 self. And I'm here for, like I said, being a healthy, whole human being individual and understanding when you do have to put yourself first but there are also times where it is not it is okay to be about mankind and the betterment of somebody else it's not always about us solely right and there's a way to still love yourself and be helpful healthy and have a healthy sense of self and all that good stuff but still be about the collective and mankind and the betterment of us as a people right you know, um, it's a balance. It's a balancing act. I think that's all of life is, is a balancing act, right? And so, you know, I just wanted to share that, um, share those few things. Hopefully, as I always say, something gave you a light bulb moment, a come to Jesus moment, something inspired you, empowered you, even challenged you. A lot of what Candid Talk with Chanel is about is also about challenging us 
and our thinking and how we move and maneuver through this world and through life and how we are with each other, how we treat each other, how we treat ourselves. It's also to challenge us, right? It's here to encourage, inspire, empower, all of those things. But it's also to challenge us to be better, right? Um, and so hopefully, you know, if not all of these episodes, some of them have been helpful to you in that way, especially as we're ending a year and going into a new one. I think it's always good to self-reflect and to challenge your own thinking about things and challenge just how you go through life because we don't all go through life the way we should. There's still some areas that I have to tighten up and get better at, right? So, you know, it's important to kind of have that moment to reflect and to really iron out, you know, how to be better for ourselves, for our families, for mankind, for God. Like, how can we be better? You know what I'm saying? And not using that measuring stool or scale as far as to match up to somebody else per se, but just within yourself, how can you just be better and to do better? We got to do better. Let's do better. I'll tell you a funny story real quick before I end this episode. So another thing in my wrap up, which was last episode that I didn't discuss, and I had to remind myself, Chanel, you got to work with your favorite artist. Like that was some real boss level stuff, right? Working with Doobie, like that was a bucket list thing. That was a dream. That was something that I, you know, I was like, I would love to, but for it to actually happen and for me to have played, um, let me not say played because it's all genuine for me to have been able to help to facilitate, facilitate that was amazing. And in one of the studio sessions with him, you know, his son was there, love his son, adorable, sweetest little boy. And he was talking to us and he was talking about some kind of, um, like a Marvel character. I forget my bandmate, Jess always seems to remember the Marvel character he was talking about, but he was having a hard time really remembering the name and explaining it to us. And so finally Jess was able to get what he was talking about. And we were like, Oh, and his father was like, do better do better in essence, like, (laughs) I'm gonna need you to be able to explain these things in a better way. And we all laughed, right? Um, Laughed all in love and all in fun, but that always stuck with me, that phrase of do better. Of course, I've heard it before, but for some reason it being used in that instance stuck with me where it's like, we we gotta do better, y'all. We all have to do better. And we all have areas in our life where we absolutely need to do better. And, um, And so, yeah, that was a cool, reminder for me when it comes to that phrase and also just once again thinking about the whole experience and working with Doobie and the fact that it actually happened and I hadn't played our song Don't Doubt Him which is on all digital platforms once again I hadn't listened to that song in about a month or over a month and it randomly played on my playlist last night and I was like yo I was just reminded it took me through the whole journey because we spent a lot of 2021 working on that song because we had the pandemic going against us You know what I'm saying? A couple of people in the equation ended up getting COVID, that prolonged things. We had a few other cancellations for other reasons. And so we were recording this song from March, like early March, March 6th, up until the end of or mid-August. So it was a process and it took a lot of the year. A lot of my year, um, aside from like dancing and singing and stuff and writing songs, also had a lot to do with recording this particular single of ours. And regardless of whether this single performs well or it doesn't, it'll always hold a special place in my heart because of the whole journey and what I learned through that journey. And I may save that for the next podcast episode. I learned some very key points um, from a business end, to just being in a group in general, to just as a woman, I learned um, some key points throughout this whole process of recording that song, creating the song and all of that. I think I I like this where I'm segueing from one episode to the next. So the next episode will speak in depth about that journey as far as what my takeaways were. Um, I'm not gonna speak for my group mates, but I'll speak as far as what my takeaways were in that journey and just how There are certain things, even when I'm in the recording studio now or when I'm 
writing songs or when I'm arranging things that come to mind, even the business side, there's just certain things that always come to mind off of that experience. And I don't think I've ever really deep dived into that. So we'll talk about it. Thanks again, y'all for listening. We are on Apple and Google podcasts, Spotify, Anchor. Um, So check us out. Thanks so much. Merry Christmas, Happy New Year, Happy Holidays, Happy Hanukkah, Happy Kwanzaa, and until next time.